I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. It is week three of Western's Months. Western Month. And uh, one of the goals we set out for this month is to do a spaghetti western. And so I was charged with selecting one. Uh, my principal criteria was what is free on Amazon Prime. But I saw three names associated with this film. And as soon as I saw those, I'm like, this is the movie we're going to watch. Sergio Leone, Henry Fonda, and Terrence Hill. For the 1973 Western, My Name is Nobody. <laughs> so I came into this knowing basically just that. And briefly, you know, I, I think like the, the sentence-long IMDb synopsis of the plot. Which is, a young, easygoing gunman worships and competes with an old gunfighter who only wants to retire. Indeed. So, Spaghetti Westerns. I like them. I haven't seen as many of them as I'd like. I have not seen the Man With No Name trilogy, the probably the most famous Spaghetti Westerns there are with Sergio Leone and Clint Eastwood, but I have seen Once Upon a Time in the West. I have seen the original Django, and I have seen... As of you, they call me Trinity, which is a film we watched a year or two ago. It was before we did the podcast, yeah. so it has to have been almost two years ago yeah. at this point. Which I was quite taken with, uh, which is why I showed it to you, and which Rob was quite was taken great. with. great, yeah. Starring Terrence Hill, who is an Italian-born actor still with us in his early 80s. He's got a distinctive voice that I don't know if that's his voice, but it's the same guy who's dubbing the voice because this is spaghetti western, so everybody's speaking their own language and it's dubbed. Yeah. Though interestingly, though Italian financed, this film, at least the exteriors, were largely shot in the United States, which is very unusual for spaghetti westerns, which are usually shot in Italy or Spain. The plot is, you know, what what that sentence entails, but obviously there's more to it than that. It's this is a weird, quirky film. Yeah. And what are some of your first impressions or thoughts on it? It's entertaining throughout. And if you've seen a Terrence Hill Spaghetti Western, they are very unique in style and in temperament. And it has that Terrence Hill quirkiness in it throughout. And that is, I guess you could say, the underpinning of these movies, you know, of the movies that he's in. And I, I can't imagine these, you know, this film without Terrence Hill. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's the star of it. Henry Fonda's the biggest name, mm. but Terrence Hill is the star. He has uh, he has more screen time. Arguably, he's the one that, that pushes things forward. Yeah. When I was looking at this briefly, there was a line that described it as a, on, online, as a, a semi-spoof. Which I think is accurate, because there's spoofy things in it, especially around Terrence Hill. But Henry Fonda plays his part completely straight. It's like Henry oh, yeah. Fonda's in a different movie from Terrence Hill's Nobody. And they've got a really interesting dynamic. So obviously Terrence Hill is younger than Henry Fonda. Yeah. And he grew up hearing tales of Jack Beauregard, Fonda's character, a famous gunman, basically worshipping him and kind of modeling his life after him. And when they meet... Uh, and they meet several times, and they have they they, they warm to each other over their meetings. Uh, though that first Beauregard encounter. always thinks this is a very weird man. Well, you can see why after that very first encounter or meeting, where Jack Beauregard is is coming across the river, <laughs> and Terrence Hill, whose character name is Nisuno, he's caught a grasshopper and is using that as like 
fishing bait. And he's standing there with a, with a club. And Jack Beauregard watches him. And then he, when the fish comes up to take the cricket, he clubs the fish and pulls it out. And that's how he catches his fish. Mm. You know, and he gives him this look. And he just, like, holds up the fish and is like, what do you want? Yeah. Like... And then Henry Fonda gives him that that look that he gives him several times. Like you're you're weird. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of have this dance around each other for a while before they more or less team up. But what's funny is what nobody's goal is for Jack Beauregard. Uh huh. He wants to get him killed. Yeah. But he wants to get him killed in a memorable way that well, cements his place in history. I'm realizing now Nasuno must be like Italian or yeah, something for, for nobody. nobody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's the other thing that's kind of funny about this is how nobody is following Jack Beauregard around, and yet at the various times throughout the movie, he beats Jack Beauregard to the destination mm. with no explanation. Well, that's because, again, they're from different movies. It, it occurred to me in the sequence where they go to that town, which might be Cheyenne, Wyoming, because it's this Hotel Cheyenne on one of the buildings, and there's this kind of fun fair there, and... Nobody does all these weird kind of peeking behind things and making weird animal noises. And I'm like, he's a Warner Brothers cartoon character. Pretty much. He's Bugs Bunny going around doing zany stuff. And so there's obviously homages to Warner Brothers cartoons, and there's homages to what Warner Brothers cartoons were homages of, which is silent films. Yeah. And so there's these quite crazy sped-up sequences, and that's only Terrence Hill. Nobody else does this the, this speed up thing where he's slapping people and he's running around and he's playing all sorts of pranks can draw his gun three times before the other guy can yeah for it yeah you actually do get a little bit of uh, other people doing the uh, keystone cops bit towards the end uh, when he steals the train yeah (laughs) they stole the train and then uh, then it goes all weird driving it (laughs) and then the film even goes so far as to do the 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 circle thing you know the the zoom in zoom out yeah and just like really pressing home that this is, you know, this is Bugs Bunny in Warner Brothers cartoon. This is Doug Turpin in a Max Sennett short. Yeah. That's what we're going for. But there's also another very important theme to this film. Did, okay. did you catch it? It's is a, it related to Jack Beauregard? Yes, but not solely Jack Beauregard. Okay, maybe I missed it. This is a film about the end of the West. Okay, yeah, I did catch that out and to a certain extent. So it, it puts it in the same category as something like The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which is about myth and reality well, at, at the end of the West. at one point they actually mentioned Valance as a character that Jack Beauregard has killed. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I must have missed that one. Uh, also The Shootist, which was John Wayne's last film. I thought about mentioning that Valance comment to you when it came up. Like I, I almost said, is that a reference to The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance? But yeah, it, I was like, okay, you know, Nate didn't say anything. Maybe you know, mm. you didn't react to it. So I was mm. like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. But but more than anything, it is a reference and a rumination of sorts on Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. <laughs> because not only do we come across Sam Peckinpah's grave at the Indian Reservation, but there is a Wild Bunch. Only instead of the roughly ten or twelve people from Peckinpah's '68 film, it's there's 150. 150 yeah, and who ride like a thousand. Yes, and it's also reminiscent of the who are those guys from uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Yeah, they're this. There's this group of mercenaries that, luckily for Henry Fonda, carry dynamite in their pouches because that comes in 
that's not why really, is never yeah i was gonna say that's not really very well explained but. and and precisely what they're doing is never fully explained it's some kind of scheme with the way they refine gold well they're using the legitimate gold coming out of the mine to basically launder dirty gold that they've stolen mm. so they're mixing it with the dirty gold to a certain extent like they're they need a certain amount of it to be passed off as legitimate coming out of the mine so that they can pass off the rest of the gold so they need a little bit of it refined properly so they can pass it oh. off you know as a representative sample and then everything else can be mixed with the stolen stuff and that's uh gene martin who's the other semi name in the cast sullivan yeah is the guy who's heading this scheme sullivan is involved and the wild bunch is involved with the death of nevada who is Beauregard's brother, and nobody wants that to be the cause for which Beauregard will ride into battle with the hopelessly, hopelessly outnumbered by the Wild Bunch. And when we get to that scene where nobody's stolen the train, and Beauregard's near the train tracks, and he sees the Wild Bunch heading to get him for whatever reason, because he stole some gold and money from uh, yeah. Sullivan. And it looks like he's going to stop and let him on, and then he stops the train and keeps backing up. Every time he walks Every it, time he, he backs walks up the train. It. And he basically uses, like, hand gestures to indicate, no, you fight them. Yeah. I keep a record of yeah. what, what, what happens. Well, and he makes a reference to that moment in the billiards place where he's like, well, you've removed the, the middle guy. He's like, I'm not being the middle guy. I'm, not, I'm staying out of the way. Mm. You, you know, there's nothing between you and them anymore. And as the, 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 the 150 are riding towards him and the camera backs out to show, you know, the, the, the beauty shot, I'm like, end it now. End it now. And with, with that weird, crazy expression on nobody's face, like, yeah, he's going to die. He's going to die. But he likes him, but he's excited he's going to die. I'm like, that's how I would have cut the film. I think he believed he wasn't going to die. I believed, think he believed he could do it. Really? Yeah. But... You know, so that to me seemed like that's that's how you end the film. That's the climax. I almost wondered as soon as that pan shot got. Yeah, because the, the pan shot made yeah. it look like they were getting ready to to cut, but it goes on and he 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 gets the wild bunch because he uses their shiny show offy saddlebags yeah. to aim at and explode their dynamite and kill a whole bunch of them, and the film goes on for like another twenty minutes. Yeah. Well, and he has kind of a coda where he's writing this letter to nobody. After he's supposed to be dead, and he's on his boat to sail off into the, you know, into mm. his future, which is this boat he'd been trying to get to in New Orleans the entire, the entire the time because he wants to retire. Yeah, and Beauregard or but nobody. But this is after n nobody and Beauregard have gone into town, and uh, nobody has beaten Jack Beauregard. Yeah, in a shootout, they have a fake shootout because he's got to be killed. Yeah. yeah, and they use that to sneak him off on the boat. So he gets so he gets his retirement. Yeah, he says, but he also this gets his legend. Three days now. Yeah, yeah. And this film is also set very specifically in time. It's set in and around the third of June, eighteen ninety-nine. Yep. It's got some really pretty shots in it. I love the beautifully decrepit western towns that you see in spaghetti westerns, which are not the kind of the back lot stylized westerns of a, of a of earlier time. But they're dirty, and they're kind of the way you'd imagine these towns look, and they're the way the ghost towns look yeah. that, that you still see around today. Yeah. 
This movie was great. Its tempo is, is great. What did you make of that bar scene where he goes into the bar and does the, the whiskey shooting trick? That's, that is quite the set piece. It's a, kinetic, uh, it's a kinetic scene. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody goes to this, this bar, and they're having this contest with this guy named Squirrel, who looks yeah. like a squirrel, where he drinks from a bottle of beer, and then he throws the bottle back and he has to shoot it before it, it hits, hits the, the ground. ground. And they're making wagers on whether he can Yes, do and they get increasingly smaller mugs... But the shooter gets increasingly drunk, so it, it continues to complicate it, and nobody beats him at it. Well, it's, this competition starts when nobody walks in and catches the glass out of the air, making Squirrel miss his glass. And then he walks to the bar, has the bartender fill it, and drains the beer. So Squirrel you know, comes up and starts this confrontation, and basically challenges him to do the, the entire set, but using an entire bottle of whiskey. Fills the four progressively smaller glasses mm. with whiskey, you know, and so nobody stands there at the bar and drinks the largest glass first, throws it over his shoulder, hits it, and he's, you know, as we learn, he's he's pretending to, to be progressively drunk, and when he gets to the shot size glass, I mean, he has to use both hands like catcher's mitts, you know, to, <laughs> to catch the glass, you know, in between his hands because he's presumably seeing double. He hits the glass. After he finally shoots the glass, after someone catches it, he shoots it right out of the guy's hand. He goes back to the bar and is like, oh, you know, set me up a whiskey. <laughs> you know, like totally sober. And yeah, yeah, it was great. I've actually seen that scene once before. It must have been on YouTube or something because I'd only seen that scene. Mm. And so, yeah. But it was, yeah, that's a great scene. This movie entirely, I mean, I'm going to have to just go out and look up more Terrence Hill films now at this yeah. point and just just watch a bunch of Terrence Hill. He's hilarious. I should also point out that this film, it was not, as I thought, directed by Sergio Leone. It was written by Sergio Leone. It's just written by, based on an idea of his, and directed by a man named Tony uh, Valerde. Tonino Valeri. Who has uh, a fair fair credits, and, you know, has directed a, a number of spaghetti westerns, but this is actually the first film that comes up when you search him. This is his, his opus. He also did the soundtrack for Django Unchained. Well, that's probably Ennio Marcone who did the really catchy soundtrack to this. Or he has a, a credit on the soundtrack yeah. on that. But, but, but the, the, the theme, nobody's theme, is catchy and fun. It is a Marcone score, which we generally associate with, with something grander. So he's playing against type here with, with the quirkiness of, of the music in this movie matches the quirkiness of its lead character yeah yeah this is fun i did find one quick piece of trivia i wanted to share with you about the sam pa- sam peck and pa gravestone okay. and it says while w- walking through boot hill which is this reservation where nobody and jack meet up briefly in the movie nobody points out to beauregard the one of the names on a gravestone is sam peck and pa that same year, Clint Eastwood in the High Plains Drifter had a boot hill scene that included Sergio Leone's tombstone, as well as a number of others. This is this weird kind of homaging of each other among the Western directors of the time. Yeah. And I guess to wrap up, I did have just a, a kind of a weird observation that doesn't really... I don't know where else to, to place it here, but one thing I noticed about this film is there is not one female speaking part 
Doesn't the lady at the bar say something? There is a there is a line of dialogue spoken by a woman at the gunfight, but it never shows who it is. It's just in the crowd. It's like he's going to shoot him. That is it. I hadn't noticed that, but you know, now that you pointed out, I can't think of anything else. So, how would you rate this movie? I would give this eight out of ten, and three out of four. You know, on those two scales. Mm. How would you rate it? I would give it three out of four on the four star, and I would give it probably seven out of ten. I really enjoyed it, but in a way, it was too much. There was yeah. almost there was too much of the Terrence Hill zaniness. To a certain extent, though, that's also what makes the movie. Yeah, yeah. But it also kind of limits the movie too. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's weird. I think it's it's worth seeking out, especially if it's as it's currently available for free on, on, on Prime. Amazon Prime. This has an aggregate score on IMDb of 7.4 stars, and it has a Metacritic score of 68. It has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? Mm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it's funny how the uh, different platforms work out that way sometimes. Mm. But yeah, this was a solid film. Like I said, Terrence Hill, not having seen a huge amount of his catalog, I'm, I'm at this moment I'm struggling to imagine how you can go wrong watching a Terrence Hill. Yeah. So... Yeah. Spaghetti Westerns, they're fun. We're going to have to watch some more of these in the future. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And this is Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. <laughs> because you didn't want me looking this up ahead of time, I waited to look at the trivia. So now I'm curious to see if there's anything else really good in the trivia. This was Henry Fonda's final Western. Oh, okay. You would die, uh, this came out in 73, you would die in 1982. Yeah. The title is a famous quote of the Odyssey, Canto 9, when Odysseus tricks Polyphemus into believing his name is nobody. The bar scene with the shootout game had Neil Summers as Squirrel. Summers was a stuntman and appeared in many westerns and bit parts. He also appeared in the life and times of Judge Roy Bean. Steve Cannelly as the false barber also appeared in the life and times of Judge Roy Bean. Jeffrey Lewis, as the leader of the Wild Bunch, was also in many westerns, such as the Culpeper Cattle Company, High Plains Drifter, Bad Company, The High Chaparral, etc., uh, Shoot Down the, Shoot the Sundown, and Tom Horn. Other familiar actors known for their work in westerns who appeared in the film were R.G. Armstrong, who was in Zane Grey Theater, Have Gun, Will Travel, The Rifleman, The Tall Man, and Leo Gordon. He was in Hondo. Was Leo Gordon in Hondo. Ten Wanted Men and Santa Fe Passage. The German import DVD has a Super 8 version, German language only, as a special feature on the disc. <laughs> really fun film. Yeah. That was a fun night. We laughed consistently throughout. Yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of the the audacity of the thing. It's like, really? That's happening? Yeah. I guess there's not a lot necessarily to dissect in a spaghetti western, but they're fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this one did, uh, you know, this one was trying to say something that had that Bella Victoria. Yeah, well, with to the it. end of Henry Fonda's career, I wonder how they got him to agree to this. Well, he had worked with Leone before in Once Upon a Time in the West, uh-huh. where he played the bad guy. Yeah. For possibly the only time in his career. Yeah. So, this Once Upon a Time in the West was really Leone's wrap up Western. He'd done the, the Man with No Name trilogy, he did this. And while he came up with the idea for the film, I can see why he would give it to an underling because I think he felt like I got to stop doing these. Yeah. And he would only have one more really great film 
uh, in his career, which would be the gangster epic Once Upon a Time in America from 1984, which, when it came out, was not well received because of the way it had been cut. Okay. But when the director's cut came out, that uh, was revered. In fact, I, I have a memory that there was one uh, film reviewer that listed... Uh, once upon a time in America as the worst film of the year, and then when the director's cut came out the next year, he said it was the best film of the year. Wow! So cutting can make a major difference. Yeah. Well, of course it can. But yeah. How? <laughs> this is a totally random tangent. How would you ever edit a Terrence Hill speed? That's got to be a challenge. Yeah. The the <laughs> speed up sequences would not have been. Yeah. I imagine super easy to do, even though, really, they've been doing those since kind of the beginning of filmmaking. So maybe yeah. it is easy. Um, you know, Terrence Hill isn't his given name, right? Um, he was born as Mario Garotti. Mm-hmm. This trailer for Crime Busters looks. That sounds like an American name, but I don't know. He did apparently make some uh, kind of crime comedies over in Italy with the same guy who played his brother in. Trinity. Hmm. He's acting still today. There's a show called Don Mateo, it looks like. It's cr- The credits go 2000 to 2020. Oh. Miami Super Cops. That's the title he made. I'm for the hippopotamus. I'm not against the hippopotamus. <laughs> He's got some just great titles in his, in his um, filmography. I'm really, I'm serious, I'm going to have to just jump on Prime and type his name in and see what they've got so yeah all right well i think we stretched this out for the outtakes yeah